0: You're not the bad guys, we are.
1: the blood and thunder master preview podcast my name is tom savage hope you're having a good weekend uh we are up to the last game of the penultimate round of the guinness six nations 2023 it is scotland versus ireland in murrayfield it is the main event of the sunday which is the first time that uh, ireland have actually played on the sunday uh, in this six nations so far which is meaningless but there you go um there's been a lot of talk this week in the build-up um and i suppose this goes back to last week too of a, a weird desire from some in the Irish media for Scotland to be unbelievably arrogant. Far more arrogant than I think they actually are. It's actually on the verge of, of arrogance itself where I, I think people want Scotland to be far more deferential to Ireland than they are or maybe that any team should ever should be to an opponent they're playing. I'm not sure what it's about. Like, you look at the, the last number of, of games between these two teams, uh, you have to go back 10 years before this turns into a, a game where there's any sort of back and forth with regards to results. Over the last 10 years, we're coming up to the 10th year of it now, Ireland have won all but two of those games. And when Scotland have won, they have won in Murrayfield. So that in itself is, I suppose, it, I suppose maybe it should be, a preventative against the sort of spite that bubbles up and I understand that look there's obviously going to be spite between the Irish and the Scottish team on field that's always the case it's generally been the case that there is a bit of needle between the Irish and the Scottish teams at provincial level also that translates up to the Irish national team too but like the vast majority of the the chat and the bullshit that you hear comes from the media bubble of, of either side, and that doesn't fully reflect what happens with the the teams. Like they can't control what their media talk about or the the talking points they're looking to hit, or you know the sort of the how many Scottish guys we get into the Ireland, you know, fifteen sort of nonsense, which you know again is either concern trolling or just outright trolling. Which, depending on your uh, on your your skill, I mean, they're sometimes indistinguishable from from each other. So when you look at the I suppose that's the environment that we're heading into this game at where Scotland have had a good start. They lost to France last time out, but I think France are a very, very good team who, when they go through the the normal way of playing that we associate with them, they're incredibly formidable to beat. Uh, Ireland did very well to beat them in the manner that we did. Um is is that duplicatable after we saw yesterday against England? I'm not sure but look that's for uh, the World Cup now Uh, that will be the next time that uh, Ireland and France will potentially meet uh, before the 2024 Six Nations so I think looking at uh, what Scotland have done since the start of the season it's actually been very impressive Uh, when you look at their stats you look at their numbers they're all really really good and like they paint an interesting picture a unique picture But they show a team that is creating line breaks, that is scoring tries, and that is incredibly efficient when they get into the opposition's 22. Now, on the other side of it, they do concede a lot of tries when the opposition get into the Scottish 22. That's something that I think it's it's a work on for them. But I I think that the balance of the game that they have at the moment is probably as good as it's been for some time. Elements of what Ireland and Scotland do on field are, are very similar. Um, you look at the way that uh, Scotland, for example, play off really, really quick ball for the vast majority in their uh, in their Q two and their Q three, and when they do get into the into the twenty two, they they are quite quick there also. Very similar to Ireland, but like Ireland, and I think that Scotland have done the sort of the 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 next level on from this with the amount of kick transition and counter transition rugby that they play. Uh, you look at the. The back line, I think that's arranged and, and that that's arrayed from um, from uh, Scotland that, that they've selected in this game. It comes back to um, the sort of style of rugby that they want to play. They don't necessarily have a you know big heavy midfielder to chuck the ball up a bit like not that Bundyaki like does that exclusively, but Ireland do use him that way. When we look at the amount of the average of kicks per game, um. Scotland have slightly more than Ireland. Uh, they have 30.7 kicks from hand per game. Uh, Ireland have 30.3. So a thing of nothing, more or less the same. Because you can't do, what is it, <laughs> like seven tenths, of, seven tenths of a kick on average. So we play very similar styles of rugby. But what Scotland tend to do, and this is, uh, you, you can look at it in the way that they um, they break down their game. Like Ireland make far more passes than um, than Scotland do. Um, like Ireland are second in the Six Nations, 185 passes. Um, that's on average. So that's like, that's your match average. So Ireland average, 185 passes per game, which is the second highest in the uh, in the Guinness Six Nations, which is higher again, uh, you, you, you'd you have to be going to Italy. That's like, that's how much ball in hand they're playing. Scotland, on the other hand, are right down at the bottom. They have an average of 151.7 passes per game. So what does that tell us? it tells us that uh, when Scotland are playing the vast majority of the time, they will kick as much as Ireland do. We will, uh, 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 Ireland will generally kick more because we have a lot more kickers in the back line to play with. Scotland tend to only use three, which is Ben White, Finn Russell and Stuart Hogg. Um, so Ireland have a longer kick volume because we have more guys kicking more often during games. But Scotland, and Finn Russell in particular, will kick a lot in this game as well. Scotland, the way that they approach this game and the way they've approached this Six Nations has been they're pulling back on the amount of rugby they're playing in their own half of the field unless it's very much on their terms. They will kick, they will chase, they will harry. And you look at their selection that they've picked here, it's designed specifically to be as dangerous as possible uh, to any team that wants to play counter-transition rugby against Scotland, which they know Ireland will do. And that's the question. Um, I was speaking to Billy Holland this week um, on the build up to the game and he was quite dismissive of what Scotland were capable of in this game I think that one of the the kind of the guiding principles of Ireland versus Scotland over the last number of, of seasons has been a bit like that Manchester United thing with Spurs you know where they're going look lads it's Spurs there's an element of lads it's Scotland here where Ireland always had an understanding that when it came down to it we could beat up Scotland like on ball be it uh, carrying defence but over the ball at the breakdown sorry drinking a coffee there and I still think that's true you look at man for man in the front five I think Ireland have an edge there I mean Ireland have better more world class players I would say than Scotland do but that's not to say that Scotland that the guys that they have can't be really effective at what they need them to do here like you look at Pierre Schumann you look at um their, their hooker who's been doing like George Turner he's been going very very well and Xander Fagerson. these are all guys who are like especially when you look at George Turner he's almost like a kind of a, a heavy wing forward They're very much a sort of a you know pacey in the wide channel style hooker but you look at Schumann you look at Xander Fagerson. those are guys who can rock and roll physically as well and, and that's something that I think when you look at when Scotland have done well, those guys have been a key part of it. You look at their second row, the Grey brothers, Richie and Johnny Grey. They will do a lot of line-out competing, I think, but they will be big line-out targets for Scotland as well. Their line-out has been the big thing for them this season. They have scored eight tries directly from the line-out, which is the highest in the Six Nations. Ireland used to be that team. But not anymore, weirdly enough. Ireland now score most of our tries on counter-transition. So that's something where uh, when Andy Farrell spoke during the week about how Scotland are different from what they were last season, uh, Ireland are also... That was actually Peter Romani. He was on Game On yesterday uh, on the uh, RT radio. You're speaking about how Ireland are a different beast this year as well. Um Ireland have upped the kicking volume and the kicking distance. Scotland have done so as well, but what they've done really well on top of that is building the effectiveness of their maul and their lineout and their defensive maul. We look at their uh, some of their defensive stats in the the lineout and they're just being really difficult with teams. They're difficult to for for the opposition to to get effective um effective lineout ball with. Uh you look at their opposition lineout work the uh, the opponent ineffective average in the um or the uh, the opposition effective lineout stat in the Guinness Six Nations the average is eighty eight point one percent so that like the the opposition generally will have effective lineouts eighty eight point one percent of the time in the Guinness Six Nations so far across all the games Scotland. That number is down at 83.7. So what does that tell us? It tells us that they're good at competing in the air. They're good at preventing teams from getting the amount of effective line of possession that they would want. And that in itself can be... It's not a killer for Ireland because I think Ireland identified last year that the line-out was an area where you could disproportionately hurt Ireland. That's not necessarily true now, although I think the the, the common denominator for Ireland having a poor game is the line-out going below 85%. But I think that um, Scotland in particular will look at that as an area where if they can get Ireland lineouts, can they disrupt the lineout like they have done over the course of the season so far? Like they have a, a, a turnover rate, right? The average in the Six Nations so far is 9.8%. Scotland have an average of 6 or 14.0%, which is, again, pretty good. So that's the um, the... I suppose like what Scotland will be leaning on um, I think when you think the most of, of, of Scotland you can't not look at Finn Russell as being one of the key guys in their team like, like they have a back row here and I mentioned the back row in line with the halfbacks because they're linked Matt Fagerson, Jamie Ritchie and Jack Dempsey that is a very mobile pacey and hard hitting as well um, back row that when you compare what they've got in their back line and their outside backline: Stuart Hogg, Kyle Stain, Hugh Jones, Sioni tua Palato, and Duhan van der Merwe, that is all there to provide options to Finn Russell. Finn Russell is the most active playmaker in the Six Nations so far this season. And I joke on Twitter every now and then about good Finn and bad Finn. Bad Finn is the guy who throws intercept passes, the guy who makes big game-changing mistakes. But when you look at how that happens... It's because Finn Russell is always trying to make something happen. He is never running dead phases. He is always strategizing. He is always looking to make a big play and his willingness to make a big play. And this is on top of, if he's made a mistake in the previous phase, he will still back himself to make that big play. Excuse me, that is exactly why he has been such an effective player for Scotland over the years. And I can tell what, like, why it seemed at times Gregor Townsend has wanted to move on from uh, Finn Russell. Like they've wanted somebody more solid. They've wanted somebody who can give them more dependability. But when you get that, and I think when you look at what they're looking to try and get from potentially Ben Healy down the line is a fella who can give them a little bit more settled play. Who can give you the type of numbers that that Finn Russell has in this Six Nations? He has the most carries as a ten. He has the most offloads. He has the most try assists. He is no, he's just the, the 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 third highest amount of try assists. He has the highest number of try involvements, both for Scotland and for the entire Six Nations. He chose the most offloads. He is a fellow who gives you so much creativity. And what Scotland have done, and it's the right call, is that. They have not looked to complicate what Scotland do by having a second playmaker. Elements of what Stuart Hogg does can kind of be described as that. But what you're looking at with Finn Russell and with this Scottish team that's arrayed around him, options. He has got so many options for him to find with his boot, off the pass, off the offload. And like, there was a talk, I think, again, in that Peter Manny interview on RTE Radio yesterday, there was talk about Finn Russell. They were saying, look, is there any particular plans going into Finn Russell? Um, Peter Romani kind of played it off that there wasn't anything specific about him. But there will be. But I don't think you can over-focus on Finn Russell either. Because when he has really good games, that's when the opposition have hyper-focused on what he's going to do and compress around him. Finn Russell has the ability to get his hands free to beat guys with unbelievable passes. And yes, some of those some of those passes lead to mistakes. Some of them lead to uh, turnovers or tries. He has an incredibly high turnover rate for a 10. He has an incredibly high number of uh, of handling errors for a 10. But that's cuz he's constantly trying something and that's the the danger I think for Ireland here with with Finn Russell is how much possession do you give Scotland early on? Um, when Ireland typically are an incredibly fast-starting team. So like the start of this game is going to be really, really key to, I suppose, determining how it plays out overall. Because when we look at, let's have a quick look at here, um, the the tries uh, per period, right? Ireland have uh, six tries in the opening 20 minutes and four in the uh, 21st minute to the 40th minute that's 10 tries in the first half on average which is higher than anybody else in the six nations and weirdly enough like it starts to dry off a fair bit uh, in the in the third quarter and then pick up in the third in the, the the final quarter again with three tries um per period and when we concede tries uh in the first 20 we've conceded uh two we've only conceded four tries total which is the the best defensive record in the six nations so far um but That will give you an idea as to how fast Ireland start and blow teams away early out the gate. Which again, you look at the way that Leinster play, very, very similar. Ireland and Leinster will often start off games with a very high pass per carry, heavy counter-transition game and then sort of pull back a little bit. Like, just pull it back a small bit. They Like, reset the energy. Ireland can't go for 40 minutes like that. Like, Ireland can play very well, don't get me wrong, but that's going to be concentrated in specific areas and Ireland always... Well, I won't, say, I won't say always. Usually, start very, very quickly. Scotland, on the other hand, finish strongly, especially in the uh, the 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 from half time to the 68 uh, minute, and then from the 60th minute to the uh, 80th minute. Like they start slow enough. Like they've only scored one try in the opening 20 minutes of their games in the Six Nations this season, which, again, is you know fairly mad, really, when you think about it. Uh, but they will. Like front load they score more tries than anybody from the in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter so that's where they look to try to tailor their game that's when they start to pick up gaps that when they start to take advantage of a team that might be tiring and and that's something i think that they'll look to try and do again here obviously but like resisting ireland in that opening 20 minutes that will be the biggest factor that they can possibly do here like uh, like Scotland's, their like their their second half defense. When you look at what they've conceded in the uh, in the the, the 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 third quarter and fourth quarter, is as good as Ireland's. So like they're they are a fit team. I know there a lot of like there was a lot of old shit talk going around about how fit they were ahead of the twenty nineteen World Cup. But to be fair, Ireland thought they were plenty fit as well. And playing in that humidity, and that heat, it was no joke. And I think looking at Scotland, they have a. Like they have a, a, a kind of a, a very fit mobile looking team that isn't overly reliant on big heavy hitters. They don't really play that way. So I, I think that you know, from the perspective of how does this game break down, it's going to be very interesting. Now the weather conditions are going to be interesting too. The weather's not supposed to be great there. It's cold. There's been a lot of um, there's just been a lot of snow over there the last couple of days. That will mean certain things for the pitch. What we're going to see initially is a lot of kicking, a lot of kicking, because neither side will want to play too much rugby initially. Now, Ireland are very, very good. One of the best teams in the Six Nations at winning game line collisions in rq 2 which is basically from our 22 to the halfway line. When we are playing rugby in that area of the field, we're really, really good at getting openings and creating edge opportunities and breaking from there. Ireland and Scotland, by the way, have the highest amount of conversions from line breaks, um, of any of the teams in the Six Nations so far um, 11% uh, I think no it's actually 11 of Ireland's line breaks have ended in tries same with Scotland so they're a very good side when it comes to the uh, the amount of, of of I suppose line breaks they create but all that comes from counter transition so that's going to be a massive battle today between Omani Caelan Doris Vander Fleer, and one of the locks with uh, Richie um, uh, Dempsey and Faggerson with one of their locks. It's going to be really, really important. Those first one or two rucks on transition, they're going to be a war zone and that's going to be played at high pace. So there's going to be a lot of um, uh, pressure on the likes of Hugo Keenan, I think in particular, in particular, to make those initial runs. Same with Scotland, it'll be Stuart Hogg and Duhan van der Merva. That's going to be the big battleground here is how much contact can the likes of uh Gary Ringrose and um Mac Hansen and maybe Josh Vanderflier even get on Duhan van der Merwe as he looks to hit the middle of the field on that run back on transition. That's going to be really, really important also um for I think for, for Scotland initially, because Ireland are going to kick the ball a lot uh, off the start, but if they get the restart, Ireland will always kick it deep. From there, I think if you're Scotland, you've got a, a choice to make. Do you want to exit straight away off Stuart Hogg? That would be a thing that they'd be looking to plan. I think Ireland will look to try and scheme around that because they know Stuart Hogg can launch, you know, massive spirals down the field. Like that will be the initial if, if Ireland had to kick off, that'll be the thing to watch. Will they go to the opposite side of Stuart Hogg just to prevent him from getting that exit on early? I think Scotland will work it regardless. But I think with the initial going, it's like the first like the opening couple of phases of this game are hugely important because like the mistake teams have made is is that they either haven't got enough exit or a distance on the exit, um, which has given Ireland a kind of this very solid line out platform to run highly scripted schemes that are just designed to to create kicking opportunities for the likes of James Lowe, the likes of Johnny Sexton, the likes of Gary Ringrose or Matt which immediately puts you under territory uh, pressure. So that's going to be really important for, for Scotland if Ireland win the kickoff and choose to kick off, which Ireland typically choose to do. That's going to be a big factor in the early going of the game. How can Scotland resist the normally very quick start that Ireland produce? And it usually involves kicking of some kind, uh, especially when they get the return off their off the, off, the, off the kickoff that will be when Ireland will generally start to create kicking scheme opportunities and they will they're always very good at creating them and, that, and that's something I think that's a, a big strength of this side is the variety of kicking options that Ireland have so if Scotland can you know can resist that early going as, we, as we've seen like they can produce like really good stuff offensively now like I was looking at some of their work against France and some of their work against England like a lot of it relies on 10 on, on getting that um i suppose getting the ball in finn russell's hands and letting him letting him create stuff and when he does like things happen sometimes it's good for scotland sometimes it's bad but like i said he is continually trying to play and that's something that's going to be a big factor in this game is not necessarily can ireland stop scotland from getting um quick ball because i think that there will be quick ball in this game for both sides regardless i'm not sure if ireland want to over compete at the breakdown here Um, Defensively, because I think that's a big risk when you've got the the team that Scotland have selected. Any sort of compression that you force, there's going to be issues, and and you're going to leave yourself possibly open to, you know, that ball being slung over the top for Duhan van der Merva for you know kind of an edge collision that you're not ready for. That's the big worry here from an Irish perspective. But I think that, as I was saying there earlier, how Ireland choose to engage in this one physically will be the big point because. Like I said there, Billy Holland is fully convinced that Ireland can just beat up and get at that soft underbelly of Scotland. Do they have a soft underbelly? Scotland were able, or Francois were able to expose it in certain areas. But will Ireland, and do Ireland have the game, to expose that same sort of, 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 of look, I suppose, to be able to expose them in that manner? Uh, the referee this week is um, the lovely, the stall, 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 the lovely, the handsome, Luke Pierce. So um, the, the most amount of penalties that he gives that he awards, the highest by far is uh, the rock. He always gives a ton of rock penalties, which is true for most referees. His other uh, hot spot is uh, on the tackle. And on offside. So like you look at his. Um, and he's also actually got a high enough r- rate. On scrum penalties also. Which is something that Scotland I think will be. Keen to try to exploit. Um, on the whole. Luke or uh, The ruck speed in his games are normally 56.6. Which is lower than the average. Than, than, than Scotland and uh, Ireland playoffs. So far this is Six Nations. Which means that he tends to reward. A bit of a competition. But how much of a competition you want to put in there. Is like that's. The, the key question because I think both sides because they play counter transition rugby understand the value of filling space in a zone so if you have filled a space in a zone across the field it is more difficult for the team to play through you okay because you're a body there uh, the more you compress around the breakdown be it in the first or second phase on that on that post transition that's when you end up getting caught and I think that both sides understand that about the other like one of the key things that you want to know about about Scotland is, is that uh, they had the highest number of, of of turnovers conceded outside Italy. Okay, so that's been a key part of of Scotland's. Not I won't say underperformance, but when they have you know given up big moments in games or when they've been under pressure, a lot of that has come from their um, their work in the handling area because they do try things, they do try to offload, they do try to get players into space when they get those moments on transition. It's all happening very quickly. So that's the key area for them. And they will look to kick as well through Finn Russell. Like He does kick a lot and he kicks further than anybody. But the variety of his kicks is something to really watch out for here. He's going to be looking for a chip over the top on the line-out. On the angle between Sexton and Aki. They will go to a full line-out during that period. And they will look to try to bait Ireland into giving up a lot of space around Sexton and Aki. Knowing that Ringrose is going to shoot. Uh, they're going to try to get a chip over the top there into that space there'll be a lot of pressure on either Murray Keenan or uh, Jemison Gibson Park to cover across. but that's they're going to be looking they're going to be looking for that with Hugh Jones and Sione Pilato looking to really exploit that at pace as they're coming through they're going to try that at least once I think because looking at the way Ireland defend that will be the one area of slowdown especially with the team that's being selected to start with Sexton and Aki there as for the Irish team or the, the, the Scottish bench Fraser Brown Jamie Batty uh, Simon Bergen Again, there's a lot of size there. Uh, You've got Scott Cummings. Hamish Watson returns to the Scottish team as well. Gives you more of the same in their back row build. They are going all out on that. They're going to play on ball, if they can, when they can. Uh, And you've got Ali Price, Blair Kinghorn, and Chris Harris on the bench for Scotland. For Ireland, in the back three, Hugo Keenan, Mac Hansen, and James Lowe. Gary Ringrose and Bundy at key in uh, the midfield. There's going to be huge pressure here on Gary Ringrose as a defender uh, because what Scotland will do and what Ireland's scheme demands him to do is to be a lockdown defender on transition. If Scotland are able to beat him but not be guided by his blitz either, that could be real danger for Ireland and they're going to look to try to get Duhan van der Merva one-on-one with Gary Ringrose at some point in this game in deep field transition. So what they're going to have is you're going to have Gary Ringrose one-on-one, Duhan van der Merva in a lot of space and Duhan van der Merva Like, I said earlier in the week on Twitter that he's the best winger in the Six Nations for me. It's because he gives you the type of defender-beating, collision-winning ability that very few wingers have. He is 6'4", he is built like fucking Captain America, he is a guy who wins those collisions deep. And once you've broken Ireland's transition defence, it's all on the table. And that's something I think that Scotland would have looked at from the Italy game. That when Ireland made mistakes on transition... On defensive on defensive transition, there were tries there to be had, and you might say, okay, look, well, that was unique to um, that was unique to. Uh you know Gary Rose wasn't playing against Italy but we gave up the same sort of opportunities against Wales also they just didn't take them and that's going to be something that 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 Scotland will have noticed and they will look to try and scheme for so like I said at the early points of this game lots of kicking they're going to be kicking an awful lot to each other looking for a position and looking for a mistake but I think at some point both sides will be comfortable enough going okay look we'll get this into the 22 we'll exit then you'll see a line battle and I think Scotland will really look to go after Ireland you know two pods, I think, on some of them, as if it's further uh, far enough out, and look to try and really press Ireland there because we tend to go to the front of the middle to Henderson. If that comes under pressure, we'll go to Peter Romani, and that's going to be the one where there's going to be high competition at the back and at the middle uh, because Ireland typically don't go to the back. We look to we like to maul feint, so that means most of the throws are going to be to the front of the middle. So, um, we like to try and build that compression, that's going to be a key battleground. I think the the Grey Brothers in particular are going to get those big long arms up into those spaces and look to try and go from there and and affect Ireland's ability I suppose to reset when counter-transition isn't working. Looking to try and take options away from us. At halfback, Johnny Sexton returns and he is back with Conor Murray who starts this game at nine. Um, These guys will come under pressure. Um, I think what Scotland will try to do early especially when it comes to the early goings of counter transition is that they're going to kick a lot to Ireland and they know that Ireland will run two, three, four phases of of, of post transition phases so in that there will be a lot of pressure on um, Johnny Sexton if um, Finn Russell is the highest on ball involvement fly half then Johnny Sexton is the least he very much picks and chooses what he does with regards to his uh, involvements on ball. He is not involved constantly. The more he's involved, the more exposed he gets to heavy opposition contact, which at this day, I mean, this day and age, like they are keeping him out. They are taking him off the field. So that's something that like Ireland love having him on there because he gives you kind of a very standoffish, like fantastic tactical awareness and really good pass accuracy on top of the ability to make a break when it's on as well. But, he is picking up injuries at a rate now that we've, we haven't we have seen before. So for Scotland, I think they'll be happy enough to give Ireland those early transition phases and go, okay, use him and put a lot of pressure on because they've got a team that's built to put that pressure on. And that's going to be something I think when you consider how pacey and mobile their back row and midfield are, a lot of Ireland's involvements that are key to breaking open opposition defences when we play those post-transition phases happened off the three-pod and the two-pod. And that's Sexton, off the three-pod usually. And Aki, who will be hanging around off the two-pod also. I think it's fitting that we went for Bundy Aki there because he's got a higher pass accuracy than any of the other players who've played at 12 there. So we understand that there's going to be a bit of pressure on to win those collisions and to be able to pass around them because I think Scotland will feel that if they can shut down Johnny Sexton or at least pressurise him in a place where he's uncomfortable... And, and make him take on more involvement that will then bring into focus Bundy Aki it'll bring in Gary Ringrose it'll bring in Hugo Keenan what are their playmaking chops like now Ireland have compensated for this over the last number of rounds by bringing in Mac Hansen and bringing in James Lowe as playmaking platforms but how much and how much are we willing to involve those guys as well that's going to be the key thing because we can't hide Sexton in this game like think Scotland early on at least with the amount of kicking that's going to be there there's going to be I think a, a, an element of we want to get on ball with Scotland. Like we want to try and take them on in the collision and you know like soften them up a little bit. You look at the team we've selected I'm going to go to like, to the front row. Like Porter, Sheehan Tyke Furlong makes his return. He's only he's played so little rugby this season. There's a bit of concern there for me. How fit is he? How fit will he be in the live action of a test match like this? That's going to be a real concern because if he picks up another injury that's a big concern heading into a World Cup but we're going to be crossing our fingers for him in this game to see how he goes but you look at that Porter-Sheehan uh, loose head combo there as well like we could have started running Kelleher in this game and give you a lot of breakdown support that's his big big skill for me is his offensive breakdown output but we're going for the ball carrying of Dan Sheen to start. and I think that's going to be a big factor in what Ireland do here early on. We want to get our big ball carriers on ball and start hurting Scotland in the wider channels. We're very confident that we can do that. Like with the team we've got in the back five, Henderson, Ryan, Omani, Vander Flier, Caelan Dorris, Like We think that that back five can really get in over on, uh, on Scotland physically. So I think that when Scotland kicked to us on counter transition... I think the first time I think you'll see Ireland run it back and go into post-transition phases, and I think that's when you'll see Ireland maybe not going for the kill shot a little bit too early, and if it's there, look, we'll go for it. But I think they're going to go for heavy action off nine. They're going to look up for really big collisions and look to try and like impose ourselves on Scotland in that regard in Murrayfield, try and take the crowd out of it a small bit and build that fast start that we've been so good at building. But at the same time. I think we'd be foolish to go away from what has worked for us which is really cleverly schemed kicks that puts Scotland's back three under pressure and when you look at what has hurt Wales for example in the first game of the Six Nations it was those kicks into the backfield that is something that will work against Scotland also in behind Duhan van der Merwe um, in behind uh Hugh Stain Hugh Stain Kyle Stain in their in their backfield they will put a lot of pressure on Stuart Hall to cover back and he's very good, he's really good positionally, he's really quick, he's got a good boot on am on the exit, but that's something that they will that they they will struggle with, is that space they leave him behind that's in behind Duhan der Merva, that's in behind Kyle Steyn that will cause problem for Scotland. And I think Ireland would be foolish to go too far away from what has worked, which is moving the ball out to the wide spaces, getting the likes of James Lowe and Mack Hansen a little bit deeper, and then kicking from a position of strength on maybe the second or third pass in a phase. I think that's something that will really like work Scotland's defence in a way that will work for Ireland. But it's going to be really risky because I think looking at what they've built and, and the team that they've selected, there's an awful lot of uh, of of. I would say landmines for Ireland here, which if one part of our game starts to go a bit off, that could really put us under pressure in a way that I think we've only been at times against Italy in in, in this year's Six Nations and uh, really put the can amongst the pigeons. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. I will be back with a TRK radio after this game um, later on uh, today, I think maybe at around seven, eight o'clock. and just get your questions and your comments ready for that the wally ratings the five-star podcast they will be all out on monday or tuesday morning at the latest um on top of building towards a grand slam weekend and looking more at Munster next week as well thank you very much for your support during the month of march thank you very much for being a tier K subscriber if you're not a tier K subscriber by the way you can do just go to patreon.com forward slash kings yes i know you're listening so thank you very much enjoy the game and i'll talk to you again very very soon